for the players. I'm Ryan Betson. I'm Max Cooper. And this is for the players, the pop culturist PlayStation podcast with 40 years of playing PlayStation and 20 plus years in the games media combined. I'd like to thank you for joining us in this PlayStation conversation. This PlayStation conversation happens every Monday morning at 8 a.m. on podcast services, including Spotify and 9 a.m. on those YouTubes. If you'd like to take part in future conversations, please check out our socials, Facebook, Discord, Instagram, Twitter, all our links in the description below. If you want to join the conversation as it happens, head over to twitch.tv slash thepopcultures where you can watch us record this show live. Get in the chat, become part of the show. It's absolutely amazing. If you want to support the show, you can. You can tell your friends, tell your family about this PlayStation pod. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a five-star rating and a written review uh i think spotify do reviews and star ratings and stuff too so sure over there if you're on the youtube be sure to uh subscribe give us a thumb up notification bell comment all that crap i endeavor to answer every single comment that does come through uh you just want to support us financially you can patreon.com slash the pop culturist as well as our merchandise store popcultures.com slash shop where you can buy shirts and other assorted shit with our logos on it been a it's, a it's been a week max it's That's been a week. week like as like you know we'll get to it in, in just a moment uh in the uh in the uh, uh in the title of the episode big giveaway but there's the microsoft that that's coming that's 100 coming um zach in the coming? chat's very happy about you talking about vampire the masquerade i don't know what's going on yeah look i'd be right? happier if the game was bloody coming out but you know yeah sadly like we're, we're looking at our list of uh, video game drafts coming in so um we'll do a quick update of that and we'll talk about that so as for those that don't know at the start of the year max and i each picked eight games um and those eight games would then depending on what their what their uh metacritic score was we would win i don't know if we're gonna win but we're gonna win some i'm pretty sure we we recorded something about winning something winning something or doing something either way uh seven of my eight games have released the number six being Little Nightmares 2, but that's not coming out to February of next year, so that's an instant map for me. Um, I'm currently sitting at a combined average of 69.5. So, Max, you still have uh, Cyberpunk and Watch Dogs, which may, in fact, you know, uh, scoot you out of there. Because Masquerade so. ain't doing shit. Yeah, Sadly. rough times. Rough times. How are you, man? How's things? I gotta stop staying up so late, man. Yeah. Well, you work overnight anyway. What else? Fuck else you gotta do? Yeah, but on the weekends, I, I do like attempt to get up and. Oh no! What have you done? And... No, 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 nothing. I just sat up till like three o'clock this morning, mm. and then woke up to a very upset kid. Oh, it's crank. And now I'm like, I could afternoon nap. Yeah, man, naps are so good. I miss naps like all the time. <laughs> One of those things, I just wish, wish we could have more naps. I'd, I'd, I'd happily have my work day be a little bit longer if I can get a nap in the middle somewhere. You know? But how, how, how's your week been anyway, compared from last week to this? How's, how's the things? <clears throat> yeah, not too bad. It's It's been a week. Uh, lots of, lots of uh, announcements and news kind yeah. of, you know, tickled me in a good way. Yeah, everything's some, sort of starting to roll so now. I, I'm still, ex- you know, I'm still... You know, dreading that email that says, you know how we uh, we told you you had a pre-order launch console? Yeah, it's sorry, man. No lie. I <laughs> I go to my EB World account once a day, maybe twice a day. Because I didn't, I did what 
is reason is sensible, but also kind of dumb. I only I only pre-order in one place. I I know people that put down multiple pre-orders for like the Xbox Series X and stuff, just like everywhere. People are like I've got three pre-orders going right now. I'm like I've got one. Yeah, I've got one too. And like, yeah, I think that extra, the having the one is adding to that like anxiety and stress. Like, I sh- I should be confident that I have one, but for some mm. reason, I'm just like. Ugh. And I also I also did put in for for leave from work. I'm so, put, tomorrow morning. First thing I do is I'm putting leave in so for Thursday and the Friday. Well see, well, see, I asked. I asked on Monday. I'm still waiting for it to be approved, but I asked for the Thursday, the Friday, and then the entirety of the next week. Oh wow, you went ballsy. And then Ali turned around and said, you know, I'm working still, right? So you still have to look after the kid. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, lame. Wasted. <laughs> and, then, and then someone reminded me that the Cyberpunk comes out the week I go back to work. Oh, uh, see, so you not, should wait it. I did not time that well, did I? No, not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. Um, yeah, no, I'm in the same boat. I'm going to eat the Thursday and the Friday off. And, like, I run the place with Paris. So, like, if I go, hey, I'm getting time off, he's going to be like, no. Like, yeah, no, I'm having time off. You know, I, you can have time for all he wants. It's fine. Um, but yes, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that too. But yeah, no, I, I'm checking like every time. I'm excited. I, I don't know what's going to be like launch. Launch is pretty minimal in terms of like games, but big games. But I'm still going to spend a couple of days just going to fucking town on it. So we have a show to do that Saturday. So we need to be like on it. We've got like, you know, two days of non- nonstop PS5 action. Yeah. I'll call you Saturday morning like nah man I'm sick yeah <laughs> playing, I'll just be playing Demon Souls use <laughs> <laughs> up can't. the sick leave instead uh, anything else been going on <clears throat> nah not really man mm. just just cruising still you know chipping away at work you know my life despite the the lockdown and everything you know my life hasn't really changed yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm in the same boat everything's pretty much going um, as expected as normal just pushing through uh, I got new wrestling shirts came today. That's exciting. All the sweet XL goodness just making me feel all super thin, which is mad. Um, so in terms of my get less fat update, uh, I think I'm at 25 kilos still. I had a gnarly fucking huge taco meal this week, and I think I may have blown any potential weight loss I got this week. Like I may have, in fact, lost my entire weight loss, but all 25 kilos in that one taco meal. So like, I ate so much taco. <laughs> I ate so much taco. <laughs> I ate so much taco, man. Like they've created these little taco pockets. It's like tortilla, but it's like a pocket. So I just like yeah. scooped an unnecessary amount of shit in it and just threw it in my face. As you do. You can't. You can't quite break like your the whole fat guy mentality, man. You may get a bit thinner and th- and uh, you know Zach in the chat killing it. Thank you, Zach. Um, you know, but like, like they're still part of that brain. You're like, I'm gonna fucking eat everything. You know, so you gotta like you gotta you gotta bring that in sometimes. Then your body has to fucking work its guts off to get rid of it, which is cool. Um, but you know, so, so there's that, which is cool, which is exciting. And I, I, I have been talking to Manshake and I may have an announcement in, in the near future for anyone that's curious. I don't know what's going to, I don't entirely know what it's going to be work out then, but, uh, you know, keep an ear out. All right. You know that they've, we've been talking, they've noticed, they've noticed. Uh, and of course this week I went and did something, uh, uh, some huge max. Oh yeah. Some permanent. Something incredibly permanent, in fact. So what originally was going to be my 20 kilo loss celebration, I wanted something permanent. I wanted something to be able to look at it. Every time I looked at it, I'd be like, yep, this is my constant reminder that I cannot be that person again. I cannot return to that. I'd need, I'd look this, I needed something. I'd like put it on my shelf and be like, 
Yeah, I'm not gonna, I can't be fat again. So that was kind of the plan. And I was spitballing with some friends of mine and um Dash has got it right on the nose. Yeah, Dash is on the right. Um yeah, yeah. I already had one. And apparently I didn't. I got you know, it's confused. It's a long story. Let me start on that one. Um but yes, yeah, so I made the decision. I was like, I want something permanent, I want to be able to sell I want to look at something and celebrate. So I um I went and got a tattoo. And it's it's the place for those that are listening on podcast services. It's the PlayStation symbols. I got them on down my arm. You can see it on the Twitters and stuff. It's um, there it is. What a nerd! Yeah, no, what a fucking <laughs> dork. <laughs> I mean, this is coming from a guy with Final Fantasy characters all over his arm. But yeah. that's very true. What are you gonna do? Yeah. What are you gonna do? Exactly. Like so, in terms of the tattoo, it's a little bit crusty now. It's doing that whole like three days later crust. Yeah, you gotta you gotta scrub it. You gotta- wash it off yeah so every every morning i like when i get in the shower i give it a bit of a bit of a go i don't get too hard because i don't want to fuck with it too hard but um it's not too bad actually it's, yeah, it's always concerning when you when you wash it the first time in the shower and all this stuff peels off and you're like oh i've ruined it it's like no 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 yeah it's, it's supposed to well because a lot a lot of stuff hasn't come off me because i'm not going too hard on it just in case um but yeah so i'm I, just I'm as i literally put the scour on it straight night. yeah i didn't want to do that because i thought that may be bad but um it is starting to get a little bit crusty so i'm gonna have to do it uh, hey hot tattoo chat everyone but yeah this is my first tattoo i made the decision in and like say like it's my first tattoo it's like 25 cent it's like 25 centimeters down my arm it's huge like i went, went all out for the first one by that like not hidden nothing just bam right there on the arm very cool. I'm very happy with it. I feel I said um, going on from what we talked about last week, um, where I just discussed how <laughs> I hit, I've hit my, I've hit my goals. You know what I mean? Like I, I, my original goal was to save enough money to get the ZQ racing chair. I did that in a month, and my next goal was to, at my halfway point, I would, I would get a tattoo and I, and I to celebrate it. And I did. Um, I surpassed that actually. It's past my halfway point, and I got my tattoo. So, you know, I feel very accomplished from that. And then, then the, my big goal was pretty for packs. And I think I discussed it last week, um, where I went and guested uh, and hosted. Sorry, I keep saying guested because I, I just keep forgetting. I went and hosted uh, a show with Dash over on uh, the Packs Online YouTube channel. Uh, that was the Dash Gamer podcast. So technically, I was a part of Packs. I got to be at Packs, in Packs, involved with Packs, and I got to achieve my goal of being pretty with pa- pretty for Packs. Now, granted, I still got a couple of weeks of the actual Packs day, and I'll, I'll you know reassess again then. But um, reassess then. Well, no, because my goal, like, I'll, I'll probably lose more weight by then, depending on how many tacos I eat between now and then. But <laughs> You know, it, it is one of those things. Like I've I've hit my goalposts and I've surpassed them, and it's um, it's an interesting feeling, to be honest. Mm. Like it, I I feel complete. I feel accomplished, and it's just like, well, what's what's next? What's my next? Like obviously, the next goal is probably a hundred kilos. Like I want to lose four another fifteen more kilos so I can round out at a hundred. That would be my next goal. Um, whether my body's designed for hundred kilos, I don't know. I haven't been hundred kilos since high school, so. You know, like that would be my next goal. It's just, it's just, um, it's a weird string of emotions. You know what I mean? Mm. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Like, um, yeah, it's hard, hard to articulate the, the feeling that comes with it. Because as I said, you know, like I've been talking to Manshake and they've been talking to me and, and that might become something as well. So it's this, it's this weird mix of a lot has happened in, you know, 10 months. 
You know, I everyone get ready. <clears throat> everyone get ready to to pre order your your men of manshake calendar for twenty twenty one. Did we pitch that idea like three <laughs> weeks ago? Might I add in a in a chat with a, with the other couple other people that are involved? And like so we pitched that in, like wouldn't that be a laugh? And they're like, actually, that would be hysterical. That's that's what we can do. So <laughs> maybe maybe like yeah, like a, a remote remote edition fucking man men of manshake calendar. But yeah, look so um. Like who would have thought? It's one of those things. Like if I, if I spoke to twelve twelve months ago, like twelve months ago, Ryan. If I spoke to fucking you know, the Ryan at the start of this year, uh, I don't think he would he would understand where he would be within in less than a year. You know what I mean? It's like I I've lost essentially two of my son or two of my children in weight, like my child. If I put he it did- together and weight it. He didn't actually lose his child. No, he's still around. He's in the other room. He'll, he'll probably <laughs> kick the door in at some point. He's still here. But like, I've lost the equivalent weight of my child times two. I am healthier than I've ever been before. I'm fitting into into clothes I've not fit in, like in terms of sizing. Yeah, since high school, like early high school, mm. like year seven or eight. Like, I'm hitting. I'm oddly hitting my prime in my in my thirties, and it's, it's bizarre because heading into my thirties, I was very scared. I was nervous. I don't know why. Thirty seemed, thirty seemed so scary to me. It felt old, and because I have a pretty gnarly fear of death, it, it was this weird transition. I'm like, this is that. This is my decline. Like you're thirty, and like thirty is there, and that's it from now until I die. You know, I've done all my adulting. I've got a house. I've got a wife. I've got a kid. Like, what fuck do I have else left to do? Um, turns out was make myself better was was the next option. So I know this is very real and not really PlayStation related, but this is this is our platform and the big part of why why I presume people come to us is is for us. So I feel it's important that I share that stuff with with you all. Um, you know, so it's it's been it's certainly been an experience and um. Although it's not over, I, I do want to thank everyone that has that has shown me support in the last nine you know nine ten months. Um, it's really helped. You know, I, I'm I'm a big fan. I, I I with a lot of my own mental health hangups, I need a lot of validation. I need a lot of like, yeah, you know, you're doing all right. Um, and by being accountable and putting it up online, I was able to get that. And you know, have to yourself, Max, and Dash, and you know, and then like, you know, all my, all my other friends and circles and people that we work with, it's been, um, it's been awesome. It's been absolutely amazing. Yeah. I, I certainly, yeah. I certainly didn't think that in my thirties, I'd, I'd actually be better off. If that makes sense. <sighs> yeah. Who knows? And I said, like, it's crazy times ahead, man. There's a, it's not done yet. There's more, there's more <clears throat> that can come. That's good. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Anyways, let's get into the section. Let's let's talk about what we've been playing this week, Max. You know, let's uh, get all fucking somber and thankful out of the way, and we'll get back into uh, into what we've been playing. Um, poor, poor Dash missed your, your your whole love love felt uh, speech there due to a mid roll ad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only he subbed. <clears throat> Ooh. Uh, as for what <laughs> as for what I've been playing yeah. this week, uh, with the release of Rocket League going free to play, mm-hmm. I jumped back into Rocket League. I never really left Rocket League. I mean, I did kind of. I don't play that much. I play. I'm a very casual Rocket League player, and unfortunately, the person that I decided to play with when uh, the new season of Rank started is a very hardcore player mm. <laughs> of um, 
So I was way out of my league. But we got there in the end. Yeah. So I've been, I've been, I think I'm going to hit Rocket League pretty hard this season, or at least try to. Has there been any substantial changes from going free to play? No. That's awesome. I mean, I think people who already owned the game got some like cool items yep. given to them for being like founders. Like, but it's or not, but it's not been throttled or or um, inconvenienced mm. in any way. No, it doesn't seem to be. I mean, I had to watch a cutscene and do like this this weird tutorial quick time event cutscene when I booted the game the first time, and I had to uh, I had to link my Epic account, which was frustrating. Oh, because Psyonix got bought Epic, by Epic, yeah. Epic owned Psyonix, so they kind of unified the. So, despite the fact that I was, I own it on Steam. I'm playing it through Steam. I had to link my Steam to my Epic account. I mean, it was just a click of a button. It it's for that really old cross-play, I guess. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, you know, game still is great. I just wish I was better at it. So I guess the more I play, the hopefully the better I get. Yeah, I'm, I'll never return to uh, to Rocket League. I just don't have the skills. I, I just don't have the talent, man. Like the driving part, I'm okay at that. But once you get to Airborne, I'm like, ah, I'm here. I'm around. I'm nearby. I'll leave it to somebody uh, else. I've fallen back in love with Teamfight Tactics. Uh, Riot Games is auto, oh. auto chess. Uh, uh, a thing. bunch of clients in my work play that. Um, I've I've gotten hardcore back into that. It's been really fun. Uh, I've been playing. I dove back into Dark Souls three for a bit. I've been D- playing Demon Souls, Souls now to get you yeah, excited. I'm getting, you know, getting getting my mind ready for Demon Souls for PS five launch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've been fl- uh, flittering away. I've you know I played a little bit more ba- uh, 2K Battlegrounds. I've played a little bit of. Sorry, pardon me. Well, let's talk, let's talk about that. So we'll <clears throat> talk about WWE 2K Battlegrounds. So uh, we should disclose as well that co- the code for review has been provided to us by 2K Australia for WWE 2K Battlegrounds. So WWE 2K Battlegrounds is the latest release in the WWE franchise of video games. Uh, this is not a simulation game, very similar to WWE 2K like 20 or 19 or those sort of years. They've got that, with that taking a year away, they decided to deliver this arcade style game. So it's very similar to like... Uh, WWE All Stars back in the day. It's it's mm-hmm. arcadey. It's silly. It's they've got weirdly <coughs> proportioned characters. Um, this was created by Saber Interactive. Uh, it's uh, it's it's something. Um, so last week I hadn't put a lot of time into it. This week I have. Uh, so I've put. I I've really taken a, a like a hunk out of the campaign. I've played some some expo- ex- 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 exhibition Exhibition stuff. Uh, my son's played a lot, so I've got to watch him play it as well. And um, it's subpar. It's not shit because I I've only had like minor problems with it in terms of performance, but the foundation of it is a little bit subpar. So, Max, what's your thoughts? And I'll and I'll, I'll jump off you. Uh-huh. I think. <clears throat> okay, as a so non, I, as a non, like here I am sitting wearing a Keith Lee shirt, so I'm a wrestling fan. And <laughs> WWE is my is my wheelhouse. So, what's your thoughts as a non fan? So, I I played this a lot more last week than I have this week. Um, I've only put a little bit more time into it. Uh, I found that the game was too simplistic. I found myself zoning out and doing other things at the same time. Yeah, whether it be watching a podcast or listening to a podcast, I would zone out because essentially all I was doing is button mashing for a combo. Like there's no, there's very little skill to the game. You kind of just 
keep punching them in the face until they can't get punched in the face no more, and then you pin them. Yeah. So for for the whole game, you can get away with just hitting two buttons. Yeah. So it seems very like I can I get I can understand how being an arcader and how the ridiculousness of some of the things like, for example, you know, being able to throw opponents into, into crocodiles or alligators and and whatnot is fun. I can probably understand how it would be fun in a multiplayer setting Mm. if you're just, you know, messing around with friends, but the, um, I've only played the essential solo story campaign thing. Uh, I did like, I did like the idea of instead of having cutscenes, they're kind of comic book cutouts, um, comic book slides they, they they were pretty awesome but it it seemed to just it didn't make a difference to me it was just this i was just doing the same thing wearing a different skin each level yes it's a it's very um monotonous i think is the term i'm looking for yeah and i completely agree with you it's paint by numbers like a motherfucker like it's it's, it's actually really really bad in that sense so and it takes so long to unlock anyone yeah so uh, First of all, if you're playing the, in the campaign, they create these sort of arbitrary characters for you to play. So you're entering this uh, this system. So Paul Heyman, who's uh, previously uh, one of the head creatives uh, with uh, Monday Night Raw, he the, in the storyline, his idea is that he is going out to find the next string of uh, wrestlers for a thing called WWE Battlegrounds, which is what the name implies. So you as this unknown character that they find, you have to fight a bunch of superstars to progress forward and become part of this battleground, right? It's being led by like Stone Cold Steve Austin for some reason. But the problems with this is a... It's is that it's paint by numbers. You go into the you go into the into the ring as your character. Um square is kick square is punch, triangle is kick. Uh, you can hit it three times for a combo or one and then the combo isn't even really a combo. It's punch, 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 or punch, punch, kick, or punch, kick, punch. And that's it. Doesn't change anything. You can do throws, and there are minor variations of those throws, but there is no finesse. There is no intricacies to this. It's just yeah, as you said, punch them until they drop. But on top of that, there you can't just do that. You need to build up like a show meter, right? So underneath there, uh, with your health, sorry, above your health bar and below it is a show meter. But it says you need to build up X amount of show points. Be able to pin them successfully, and above your health bar, the crowd will be asking for a a trick, a, a stunt, or a, a move, or something, right? And it might say taunt, and that you get you seventy points, or hit someone with a guitar, and it's one hundred and twenty points. And that's what I, I find. I was just doing like the, every match I did was just what does that say? Hit with a guitar. Okay, I guess I will find a guitar. Co- kick combo. All right, I'll give him a kick combo. Like there wasn't. There was no freedom of expression, mm. even in these custom characters. Like, even WE2K20, for all its faults, I can create a custom character, and or I can play as any superstar that I want, and every time I do it, I can create an entirely unique match. I can yeah. choose how it goes. I can bring him out in the ring. I can take him in, you know, I can bring weapons in if it's, a, you know, whatever. I can plan how I'm going to handle my finisher, how I'm going to handle my signature. I can think about where it's going to go. Like for my kid, this game is mad because it's stupid easy, but he's a four-year-old. I'm 30. You know what I mean? Like there's a very big difference. Saying that though, 
It's doing it. It's, it's teaching him wrestlers. It's literally teaching him wrestlers. Like he knows who the big show is now. He knows who Bray Wyatt is. He knows who Akira Tozawa is of all people. Like he knows them by name. And because what they've done, the, 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 the design of it is also very simplistic. And that goes with that arcadey nature. Uh, so that means a lot of characters look very similar and not in a good way. When, when you're using this caricature-esque design where you're pointing out three key features of their appearance and that's what you're building their model on, you blur those lines. Because there are a lot of wrestlers that look very similar. They, you know, when you're generic dude one and generic dude two, you will look similar. And when you're only picking out key features, like, do they have their beard? Are they bald? You know, like, how buff are they? Like, that's kind of what they're pointing at. So, an example is AJ Styles has pants look like AJ Styles. He wears his glove. He's got long hair. But his face looks like nothing like him. Or Baron Corbin, as an example. He, you know, he's known for being bald and wearing, uh, like, a suit, like, a, a button shirt and slacks, right? Um, his face looks like Triple H without a beard. Yeah. Like, they've clearly just moved the face and took the beard away. And, like, you can tell that there are some they've put more effort in. So, like, Bray Wyatt, as an example, you know, he's the fiend. He has an entire unique look about him. So, they're able to make that look cool and, like, look unique. And even then, entrances are, uni- are like, uh, common as shit. Like, they're, they're all the exact same. There is no uniqueness. There is no individuality. Like, many of the, you know, a big part of being a wrestler is your entrance and how you present yourself. You know, an example would be Finn Balor. Finn Balor has a massive thing where he sort of does, you know, leg slaps, there's lights, everything. It's a whole experience for everyone in the crowd. He gets a unique entrance because his, his entrance is very clearly specific. Where if you're just somebody else you get the most bullshit generic intro. And it's not even, not even an, an entrance. Like you drop in a crate and you kick a crate. The game is literally using loot crates as, an, as, as a method. Damn, but adding to that, now there is no loot crates. There is no like random generated whatever, but there is lists with microtransactions. So when you open the game, there's like eight characters in the men and there's a you know, probably equivalent in the women and they're they're available to you. Uh, everybody else is literally locked behind dollars, whether that be in-game dollars, whether that be or premium currency that you have to buy. The disparity between these two is astounding. It's like seventeen thousand in-game, in uh, you know, free-to-earn dollars versus two hundred paid dollars. You know I mean the current between the free current, the free and the premium currency is staggering and that's for one person excluding different costumes that you want to get and even then when you go into the marketplace they are literally action figures you know they've they've essentially found found a way to literally literally capitalize and create toys out of wrestlers like like grand unknowns existed for a while but like vince mcmahon his his vision of of his company and his superstars is non-human they are plastic they are toys they are consumed they are they are to be consumed and this game has made them exactly that um like the core is fine like it's great it's it's accessible i can play it with my kid and that part's amazing like i mentioned on twitter and i mentioned last week i haven't got to really play it except for when he's in bed because he wants to play it and that's mm. awesome. Like I'm actually getting, I'm, in, I'm, I'm being able to share something that I love with my son. 
And that cannot be understated, but that is an emotional response. Looking at it critically, the game is shit. Yeah, it's a real shame too, uh, especially following on the footsteps of what happened last year with the with the WWE 2K debacle. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a shame that they've got another what is presumed to be an underperforming title again. Yeah, and like in terms of performance, you know, if you compare it to the likes of 2K20, which there's just bugs everywhere. I haven't had a lot. Uh, mm. I've had a couple of moments where my character disappears for a moment and they come back to being, as they're being transitioned into a move. I don't know why, but like there's no one's fallen through the arena. No one's like hair's gone bonkers. You know what I mean? It's just, I think the, the simplistic animation of it allowed for it to run a little bit smoother, to be honest. Mm. But look, what are you going to do? <laughs> it's a bummer. It is a bummer. Like I will see the campaign through because I'm a dork and it's, you know, I've got my X amount of games that I try to finish in a year. So, okay. Um, I'll see what I can do and it's not as you said it will be I'll listen to some podcasts and I'll just chip away at it yeah. uh, this week I also played and finished Ratchet and Clank I started it last week got the credits on it this week game's cool excited for the new one um, what else I played uh, Resident Evil 4 uh, on stream on Thursday I've played a little bit more around I've put about three hours into it now Max this is where I, I have to um, I have to be eat, words. eat my own words Previously, when there were the rumor mills and the conf- essential confirmation that a Resident Evil 4 remake is coming, I was like, that game does not need to be remade. The game is good. The game is fine. The only thing you really need to lo- to, to change is the tank controls. I, I That part is 100% true. Tank controls are the butt, and we should never see them again. Ever. Ever. Tank controls suck. But playing this game, yes, it needs the remake, big time. Like, the game is good. I'm enjoying it. But there is just so many things about it that could really use more work. And I think putting it in the RE engine, as we've seen with 2 and 3, and, and the groundwork they've started to lay in 3, especially with the, you know, the, the big fucking tentacle pricks that come out of, like, uh, Nemesis and stuff. Um, there's so much they can explore here. And the voice acting's garbage. It's straight up shit. Like I'm pretty so sure think- the big bad guy is one of the voices in Skyrim because when I whenever I hear him, I'm like talk about arrows and knees and shit. <laughs> so I think I was on the same page as you initially. I think I I think I also said it doesn't need a remake. Um, and I think my reasoning behind it is I didn't want them to. I didn't want another remake to come out before another numbered title. Hmm. But we're get we're getting eight between now and then. But we're getting eight between now and then, so like, do it. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things. Like, yeah, we're getting a t- number title in the middle, and like, even then, Village is straight up clearly an extension of four. You know, it's it looks like the same. It feels and looks like the same place, especially after the trailers that we see we saw previously, and we did, we just saw in the latest PS Five thing. Like, we've got some cool Village stuff coming up yes. a bit later. Uh, yeah, it, I mean, it, it it's interesting. Do you think this? Do you think these other issues, like you mentioned the voice acting and whatnot, do you think that would be as big of an issue if it didn't have tank controls? If you were playing it again and and you could free movement, do you reckon everything else would bug you as much? Probably not. <laughs> but Because the, 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 the problem is the, the game feels archaic. 
And that's because it is like the game came I mean, out. The game came out in two thousand six. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I, did, I I watched you stream it for a while, and it does look very dated. Like it looks smooth. It's running at like what feels like sixty. So shout out to the PS4 version, but it isn't enough. Like it feels like a PS2 game. It's structured like a PS2 game because it was. And if they're going to put the effort into two and three, I can't see why they shouldn't. And like mm. I, I've completely changed my t- changed my tune. Like, give me four remake. I think it would be amazing because I said even though I am enjoying this, there are so many ways you could make this better. So many ways. Speaking of ma- making things better, uh, Max, we have also. Uh, oh wait! Before we get to a bit of that, crap! I ruined my own segue. Uh, and I've had a busy week for games this week. Thanks to our good friend Dash, he uh, he received a copy of the Crash Bandicoot demo uh, from Activision, and he gave me his login. So I went and fucked around in it for a little while. Now I only spent like forty five minutes in it because I played it and then went. I'm buying this game now. Really? Yeah. Because I played it Damn. and it felt like Crash and it looks like Crash and it looks smith it looks smooth. It looks awesome. Like there are three there are three different levels available. There's an ice level, there's a dinosaur level, and then there's I just said oh fuck, what was the third one? Oh brain farted now, it's gone. But in short, I was I saw it, I'm like, yep. So there's one with uh varying like you know, slippery ice. There's one which is like very, very similar to the you being chased and running towards the screen, and the, the other one is more of a generic sort of. From my recollection, why can't I remember that third third level? Oh my god! Um, but yeah, I was like, no, nah, it runs like it runs like butter. It looks fantastic. Like if it, like it's it looks like it's running at sixty, if not higher. Um, you know, I was like, I'm in. <laughs> And like, so they're also offering different modes. There's a retro mode and there's a modern mode. So retro is clearly the harder mode because you have the finite number of lives and, you know, you're getting kicked in the dick a lot. Where the modern version takes a different approach, very similar to the game that comes first to mind is Death Squared, where the game is designed for you to die like a fuckload and it doesn't penalize you. It just tells you. So, you know, there's no finite life counter. It's just like, You've died 10 times. You've now died 11 times, 12 times, 13, 14, 15. And, but it's, it, you can still progress and you're not being completely disheartened, which is okay. And then, in the, and then on top of that, one of the other problems, especially that people found with the Insane Trilogy was that uh, when you would jump, there was no indicator. You had to rely on like maybe a shadow is enough like in the modern version there's a small circle so you can see where when you jump where you will land and enemies that are airborne will also have that same circle as well so you can see where they are in your space and time um that's pretty cool like a little minor benefits though a little bit easier for those that are sort of newer into the game but you also still get that hard experience if you want it so because one of my biggest fears with this fourth game is because it's an extension of one to of the naughty dog trilogy is that like well they need to keep that spirit but how they're going to monetize it and they've done it they're like you can have both because they've talked about that they've shown that like the scale of what they're doing in terms of the ability to replay levels and you know rerun them and do all these different things to them to make the replayability high i'm like okay there's a lot of thought and care put into this and on top of that, you, they get to experience the new masks as well that allow you to like slow down time or alter uh, alter dimensions, quote unquote, make things appear and disappear. Um, 
so it's cool. Like there's, there's, there's enough here to make me go, yeah, I'm, I'm getting it. I'm going to get it. Are you, are you even excited for Crash? Um, yes and no. So I'm a huge Crash fan of like the original three. And then they released all these garbage spin-off games, and I just I got real I got real burnt by them. <laughs> There's actually a great line in there. So uh, Coco and Crash and one of the new masks is there, and the, and they see Neo Cortex comes up and goes, "Well, here's my plan," and fucks off. And the, the new mask goes, "Man, how many times have you have you have you fought this guy?" They've gone four. But uh, he goes, oh, "I swear it could be more." I'm like, "No, no, it's four, only four. And like, <laughs> as much as I enjoyed the the. The, the re-release of of one to one the insane trilogy that we got recently it just felt off hmm. so i'm i'm skeptical and look i have a little I bit think, of that too like pro- mean, i'll probably pick it up because my wife's a big fan of it too it's something that we can probably play together mm-hmm. um so and look and i would i would agree right um i i uh, the easiest way i can explain it is it feels like uncanny valley like i'm mm. playing it and it feels like crash and i know it's crash but i'm like you're not crash because I think it's because I'm hardwired to consider only though that first trilogy as the answer, you know? And then like, I have a, I have a vision in my head of what crash should be and what crash is. And this is essentially changing that. This is adding to that. And it's, I have to get over that mental hurdle. Like I, I kind of think that I may not even have full appreciation for what this game is or can be because of that, that inbuilt bias. You know what I mean? Like Mm. I'm worried that, that, that will play a role in how I look at this game and how I, how I perceive this game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as Dash says in the chat, it does look great. It looks fantastic. It looks really, really good. Uh, speaking of games that, that are looking pretty good, uh, let's move on to uh, another game that we've been playing. Here's some first impressions. Uh, another 2K game. So we were, uh, thanks again to 2K Australia. They provided us the review code uh, for Mafia Definitive Edition. Now, originally, both Max and I pooped the living shit all over Mafia 2 Definitive Edition because it was a subpar remaster. This, however, is a remake. Now, Max and I, uh, the code came yesterday at time of recording. So I've only spent like two hours, not even three hours, maybe. Depending how long it is, I'm, I'm up. I just finished the mission where you have it, where you're a race car driver. I don't know how deep that is. Feels like it's been longer, probably because I had a break in between. Um, Max, you've had even less time with it. Yeah, I've played about an hour because for some reason it took seven hours know, to download. It took it took so long to download. My PlayStation just decided to be like, so for 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 those playing at home, I have a 300 megabit connection at home, so my download speed's usually around 30 megasecond. So when I download a game, generally it's like. Yeah, about 40 minutes. And then the PlayStation is like, yeah, it's going to be done in 48, 50, 60, 99 plus hours. I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> I, just, I just left it. Yeah, I started <laughs> and it's like three hours. I'm like, that sucks. Seven hours. Oh, fuck you. And then it stayed at seven hours for the longest time. And then I eventually went in and like closed it, refreshed it, and it went nine hours. I'm like, oh, fuck, what have I done? Um, and then I jumped it back in. Then it went, how would... Like 111 minutes? I'm like, okay, yeah, I can settle with that. All right, cool. Not too bad. I'll let you, because I've, I've non-stop talked for like 15 minutes. Go, mate. <laughs> so I'm, I've done the first Give it a bit of background three... on, the, on the game as well, yeah. 
Yeah, so uh, obviously, I, I, I can't recall when this first came out, but this is, um, you know, as you mentioned, the, the Mafia Definitive Edition. It looks incredible. So it, it kicks you off with a nice little cutscene. Could you, you know, you've got your updated graphics. They've done the new voiceover work. It looks great. Um, I've run into a few technical issues mm. uh, at the start. Nothing too serious. The first one, there is a uh, early on in the game, there is a, ch- a chase sequence where you're running through some back alleys. And as I as I came out of the alley, uh, some poor woman's skirt just took up the entire screen and then kind of <laughs> bent in on herself. And <laughs> I died because I couldn't see what was going on. Um, and then, uh, unfortunately, the, the mission after. Um, so you um, I'm, I'm trying to get retribution for for these people who came and, and wrecked my taxi. So I'm like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go wreck their cars, and um, you know, I'm bashing their cars with a baseball bat. And then uh, men come out to to stop me, and and you get the little prompt of, you know, you need to stop these men before you before you go back to bashing the cars. And I deal with the men, and and then it's telling me to still deal with the men after they've been dealt with. And I'm, I'm kind of just stuck in this parking lot with, with nothing to do. So hopefully just a, um, I, I got to that just before we started recording. Mm. So hopefully a quick uh, reload of the last checkpoint will kind of prompt. Maybe I, cause I, I did notice that uh, it, it teaches you it's, the, it's your first real combat point. Yeah. So I believe it was, it, it, it gave me a prompt of hit this to counter an attack. And I had a baseball bat in my hand, so I kind of just smacked the dude instead. So oh, I so you didn't do like, the prompts that I wanted. So it, it might it might have rolled over because it's like you didn't really do the prompt I wanted you to do. So hopefully, just a checkpoint, uh, a checkpoint refresh will uh, will fix that issue for me. But I I believe I played this game when it first came out, and this this looks it, it's weird. It's this game looks like how I remember it to look at the time when I first played it. Mm. And it obviously does not look that good, <laughs> like the ori- obviously the original. Um, this new one, though, I think they've after after the backlash that they saw from the Mafia Two remaster remake master, issue master. that mm. happened, I think they've done a really good job. Now, granted, like I said, I've only played this for about an hour and a half. I am very early on, but it is running far better than what my experiences were with with mafia 2 so okay. i'm i'm very much looking forward to uh to playing out the rest of this game uh, and seeing where is it tommy tommy, the main tommy angelo it, yeah yeah i i'm very much looking forward to because i never finished the game originally when i played it so i'm very much looking forward to seeing how how the story progresses because obviously very early days and the idea of you know the you you kind of stumble into this into this mafia war essentially by you you just happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time mm. <laughs> so it's yeah it's it's been it's been good i'm looking forward to i'm definitely looking forward to playing the rest of it but but my early impressions are very good like I, i'm i'm much more it's hard to hard to explain coming from like you mentioned that we we kind of mafia 2 gave we gave mafia 2 a bit of a bad rap this is a deservingly bad rap, though. Far significant in almost every way. Yeah. <laughs> it better. Yeah, that was my first point. Yeah, it, it completely, completely... Like um, it's, it's, it's worthy of the, the title of remake. Yeah, it, it blows... Edition. It blows yeah. two out of the way, visually. Um, I think the game is, is stunning. Like, in cutscenes, it looks amazing. 
Now, granted, mm. gameplay does obviously scale back because the the, the cutscenes are where they've put the big oomph in. But yep. one thing this game does incredible is lighting. And if anything, this yep. this game is demonstrating how much lighting can drastically alter you, alter your experience and your perception of how good it looks. Because and it's, it's just sorry, go ahead. Sorry, uh, I was just gonna say when you mentioned the lighting, it's interesting because because when you're playing it, because it's such a because of the the time point that the game is set in all the co- all the colors in the game itself are washed out but it still has that brightness of and not, not necessarily in the color palette itself but it, the just the the lighting of it elevates the the, the such as, i don't want to make it sound bad but like because obviously colors are washed out being in the for 30s i think it 30s, kicks yeah. off in. so you know they're, they're very dull and plain colors in that time frame that's, that's what they used but having this extra lighting behind it really does kind of make it pop, essentially. Yeah, very much so. Like, yeah, as you said, when you got those drab and dreary colors, you know, when you yeah, you've got these these this the blue the bright blue skies, the way the lights hitting things, it's you know the sh- the casting shadows or like you know casting light beams on certain things, really elevating stuff and giving it depth and giving it warmth. Um, and that's the big thing about this game. So I've I one of the biggest issues I had. Um, with two was that I just didn't enjoy it. The, the city felt like shit. Um, there's had this arbitrary open world system where it didn't need it because only all I ever did was go from mission to mission anyway. Here, they've turned into that. Like they went, yep, cool. And I guess it's very similar to the original. It's just mission. If you do your mission, done. Next mission. No, drive back to your mm. house. You know, go do the... You know, there's none of this arbitrary bullshit. It's just mission, 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 mission. And I'm, I'm going to put it out there. That is incredibly appealing to me. Yeah. Like... It, it, it does save a lot of time for those who don't have it. Yeah, like, so there are... There are there, with the world looking as good as it is, I'm like, I kind of want to explore it. Because, like, <laughs> the way it's set up is, like, you press, um, you know, the menu button and you see the world. And like you see a map, but you can't freely explore that map. So there's a lot of like open world sprinkles in this game. Like there are places where you can go buy a car or places where you can go upgrade your weapons or whatever. And as of right now, I have not given the freedom to go to those shops, go to those places. So it's yeah. like, oh, there's groundworks here for an open world, but it's very linear. And like, I like it, but also I kind mean, of makes might, me wonder be, why might- I get to pick my car if I can't go to a dealership. I mean, it might not be so linear later. We are still fairly early. You know, it could just be like getting the ball rolling, essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, secondary to that is like, I found the characters in two completely unlikable. I I couldn't even gravitate to them at all. And even at the end, where it's like, they may have killed that guy. I'm like, I don't fucking care. Where here, I'm finding there's a bit more bit more to him i don't know what it is i'm, I, I'm enjoying I really like i really like is it paulie who yeah uh, um yeah i love paulie yeah so like yeah so there's uh paulie has the weird voice yeah 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 so paulie's cool so you feel like sam and paulie's nice the don is rad like he doesn't feel like a stereotype there are some characters mm. that feel like stereotypes of course because that's part of it but like the don feels like a, a dude and he's like cool and he's not all like they're not clearly ripping off Marlon Brando. You know what I mean? Like they're mm. it like those parts are fantastic. And because you're working within this structured mission, 
they they have only X amount of time to deliver what they need before they get to the next mission. So they're focusing on character stock, on character development, and you can feel it. You can take it. Like I, I'm I'm caring about where these characters go and who they are and what my involvements are. Like early on, you know, it's not really spoilers. There's a mission that you're driving around collecting money um, because that's what you do. You you know you're you're in the 30s. You know, there's no hard drugs that, you know, there is hard drugs, but you don't deal in them. You know, there's the prohibition. So it's booze and it's, you know, rack, like, um, you know, uh, uh, standing, standover, doing standover business and stuff, like protection businesses. Mm. So you do a run and then, you know, Paulie gets shot and you're like, fuck this. And Sam's taken and he's getting beaten. And you've got to like kick the door in and kill everyone and get Sam back. And I'm like, I'm getting Sam back because I like those characters. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like I, I'm I'm feeling that connection, and certainly more than I did with two, which is super weird because like they're hitting similar story beats, right? They're not too staggeringly different. No, but uh, you know, you you pointed it yourself because it's such a linear progression. They do focus in on the characters more than what than what they did in in Mafia Two with that free roam, mm. that that almost open world. I mean, I, I guess it's more that in in the, in the first one. Um, I want to. I want to ask you actually. When you when you first start the game, it gives you your difficulty settings and whatnot. Um, I'm I picked medium, just the, the standard. I think that was the average. Yep. Um, did you change the way that the police no. chase you? No. So I I set mine to simulation. So now they arrest me if I run red lights or stop oh. or drive too quickly. And I forgot that I did this. So the very first, one of the first earliest things you do is you literally drive a woman. Um, you get it. <clears throat> you get a um, a woman uh, to. Uh, um, she gets in your taxi and she wants to be taken to uh, the church. She's like, "Don't drive too quickly," and it gives you the option that's been in every every mafia game where you can limit your. You can do a speed limiter, so you you can't automatically drive over the speed limit. Yeah, and I forgot to turn it on. And I drove past a, I drove past a cop car too fast. They turned around, wanted to, wanted to arrest me straight away. And then I'm like, I'm in that mindset of I have to escape. And then I ran a red light, and another cop car went, "Oi, you run a red light," <laughs> and it, it just, it, it all went downhill very, very quickly. So, so I might, I might change that purely because I keep forgetting that if I'm not a completely law-abiding citizen, they, they take it very seriously. Yeah, well, that, that's but, it's, but it's but it is a nice option to have in there if you want to mm. um, go deep into it. Yeah, and like that's a cool. So in terms of the the settings, there's quite a lot in there that you can do. You can uh, look at uh, yeah yeah you know cars driving more sim like, a bit more realistic. There's they also like, still can't drive these old cars. They feel so they feel so heavy because they are so, like they didn't they, have power steering. They, they were poo. But, uh, but I don't. I don't. Rem- I don't. You know, be- because games like this, uh, games like this, you can normally, you know, you hold the accelerator down constantly. You don't have to. Very rarely do you, you know, actually need to stop and brake to make a corner. And this, in this, if you if you're not doing it, you, oh, well, rough. you wait until you have to do a like a. a there's a mission like when you're a, a speed racer, you're in a track racer, and like yeah, you're hauling ass, man. Like. Ooh, I just like don't stop. It's uh, it's brutal. There's not enough breaks. But anyways, that's enough about what we've been playing for like fucking forty five plus minutes. Let's get in the section we call in, uh, inform the players. We tell you about what happened this week in PlayStation. 
Uh, first kicking off the news, though, is something that didn't happen in PlayStation. And Max, if you can sort, sort out that comment, too, that'd be... Uh... Oh, yeah, not a problem. Uh, yeah, so what this is so something that happened uh, not in PlayStation, but we want to discuss how it affects PlayStation is this piece of news. Earlier in the week, it was announced right before Xbox Series S and X pre-orders went live. It was confirmed. Microsoft has purchased ZeniMax Media for a total of $7.5 billion. Therefore, making Bethesda and all its uh, studios under its umbrella owned by Microsoft, technically first-party studios. So that's, I think it was eight studios in total. Yeah, so, uh, so, yeah, so it like, includes Bethesda like Softworks, Bethesda. id Softworks, uh, yeah, Bethesda Softworks, id uh, Arcane, uh, uh, Zenimax Studios, Zenimax Online, so they do all the Elder Scrolls stuff. Yeah. Uh, that should also include uh, Machine Games, guys that do uh, Wolfenstein. So that mm-hmm. means they own that IP. They own, yeah, Scott, uh, Elder Scrolls, Fallout, uh, Wolfenstein, Prey, Doom. Doom. Um, there's a lot under that banner. Now, Max, before we get into the specifics around PlayStation, how do you feel about this deal? I think it was, I think it's a good acquisition for Microsoft. Mm. Um, it, I don't, it reaffirms that I think Microsoft are moving more to, as long as you're using our software, we're not too fast on the hardware. Mm. I, th- I think they're, they're turning more into a, into a, uh, almost a publish a big publishing arm than they are in the hardware space now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's good. They, they, you know, Microsoft do need more first party stuff. It's definitely where they are lacking, uh, picking up the, the, the entirety of, of Zenimax and Bethesda game studios means they're going to get, they're going to get shooters. They're going to get RPGs. They're going to get, all these different genres that they're probably lacking in their first party titles already. It makes sense. Um, I'd really love to know the reason why they sold. I, you know, from what I'm understanding, I, I don't know if they were in like financial strife and they're like, they needed a bailout essentially, or if Microsoft just kind of came in and went, you know, do you guys want to come with us? And they've, they've agreed to it. So uh, that's, you know, interesting. Yeah, look, over this. I, I, I mean, I don't think I don't think it's going to be too crazy. I don't think you know they're all going to become uh, exclusive. I'm super. We'll get we'll get into now, that. We'll get into that in a little. In, I'm, in a minute. I'm super stoked that now that they own them, I'm going to be able to play them all on Games Pass. <laughs> look, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm in the same yeah. boat as you. Um, it it it, it is clearly demonstrating that uh, Microsoft are becoming a publisher. They. They're with, they're in the console game, but that's not what they're there for now. They just mm. want you. They want that recurring spending. They want people to have Games Pass. And what they've done here is they've secured a a slew of games that will be coming day and date to Games Pass. So, you know, that's what they want. Like whether it be PC, whether it be Xbox, whatever, they don't give a shit. Like you know, for them, it's their selling point is why pay hundred and twenty five dollars Australian for your PS five game. When you can pay fifteen dollars a month and you can get it over here, mm. that's how they—that's how they're going to win this game. 
It's not a hardware game for them. It's a, it's a software game. It's a, a customer facing game. So that so that's the interesting thing here. Is that it's very fascinating that the internet got really up in arms around the idea that a possible skin for Spider Man could be you know was it was becoming exclusive was an issue but the idea that an entire fucking studios like uh development studio publishing studios works become exclusive is suddenly okay because microsoft's the good guy um it's very interesting like my perspective like it was fascinating because you messaged me with the details i went i was on stream i was with friend you know my uh one of my man shake friends jerd he was we're playing among us and i literally went oh get fucked because he's just become a Games Pass ambassador, like an official Xbox Games Pass ambassador. She's like, yeah, my job just got easier. I'm like, <laughs> fuck you, man. But um, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's a weird space. It's a very weird thing because I'm in the same boat as you where I'm like, well, it's cool. I, I want to know why they sold. And I think the answer is because their last like four games that the reception has been pretty subpar. Like you, you think about what are their, what are their last releases been, Max? You've got the Wolfenstein yeah. Youngblood. Not that game was poos. Wolfenstein mm. Cyberpilot, double poos. Doom Eternal, really, really good. Uh, Fallout 76, garbage. The problem, like on paper, when you look at the legacy of these IP and the legacy of Bethesda as a publishing arm or a development studio, they have name. And like, I don't think they're worth like three billion more than Star Wars. But it's a well. Si- I think I think the main the main thing here. I'm going to change the topic just slightly, and I think we bury the lead on this. It now means that Microsoft now have Obsidian as well. We could finally get. Fallout New Vegas 2. Yeah, we, you could get Fallout New Vegas 2. And then on top of that, they've, they've also owned In Exile. In Exile were the team that made Fallout 1 and 2. Mm. And Fallout Tactics back in the day. So, like, yeah. if the, they the re- if they really want, they have everyone that's ever worked on Fallout under one company. It's pretty massive. Maybe they're going to fix Fallout 76. No. <laughs> but. Nice. I've got, I've, I forgot what my point was. Fuck, what was my, what was my point? You broke me, Max. Sorry, man. Oh yes. It, so, like the the the, the uh, on paper from like a from a grand view, mm. it looks like an impressive purchase. It's like you have all these things, and yeah, hundred percent. The potential there is there, there is fantastic, but their their value last year as a company was like two and a bit billion, I think, and now it's suddenly worth seven. I I think Microsoft overpaid, but I think they paid for potential here. Um, and it, yeah, as, as, as Dave says in the chat, it is the biggest acquisition in gaming history. It is absolutely massive. Um, but yeah, it's this weird space because like, there's no, there's no one else. Like who else could they buy right now that could deliver the same result? You know what I mean? Like they have picked up so much out of this. Yeah. So much. Uh, it's it's gnarly but the real big question well actually finish dave's comment and then we'll get into the what what we think it means to playstation uh so it's the biggest actually in gaming history todd howard made a comment on gp uh basically talking about how it takes the stress out of sales volumes and enables creators to focus on developing interesting content yes big thing by being owned by a bigger company like a trillion dollar company that is microsoft presumably that stress of being like we need you know we need to sell X amount of games. We need to do this and this to remain uh, to remain viable is gone. 
Um, and that goes with uh, the likes of, you know, Wolfenstein Youngblood. That game is littered with microtransactions and it was gross. In theory, they shouldn't have to do that now. They probably will, but they might. Uh, he also adds, I think Bethesda were bleeding bleeding, and struggling in a world where crap that's monetized is what's being made. The issue that they had is, uh, this potentially could have been part of it, because they were required to be self-sustaining and they needed to to ensure a level of viability because they're you know, a private company or whatever, they weren't able to innovate the way they wanted. Like you look at Fallout 4, that game was made in a vacuum. It came out and it seemed really cool on paper. It didn't deliver because The Witcher, a game that came out two months before, like monstered them. Mm. Like Fallout 4 looked like it should have stayed on PS3 in terms of what its scope of its gameplay. Look at Witcher 3 as as a game. You're like, that is... that They made a, Beth- they made a Bethesda game, but better. And then on top yeah. of that, you look over at Obsidian and they made, you know, what they made with the Outer World. It's like, they made a Bethesda game, but better. So what we can hope from this is this this will allow them to make better games, to create a new engine, no longer use the same creative engine that was used to make Morrowind and Daggerfall. You know what I mean? Like those games are fucking old and there is no way that those games can still functionally make games that are coming out now. Yeah. Now, the, obviously, the, the other side effect of this is you've got Deathloop, which is a, a, a PlayStation console exclusive. Well, the, the, the deal was made prior to this. You've got Ghostwire Tokyo from... Uh, uh, no, Ghostwire Tokyo is... A, no, wait. What's the studio? Oh, Tango. So Ghostwire Tokyo, which is is coming. It's also console exclusive. That's from Tango Softworks, which is now owned by Microsoft as well. Mm-hmm. Like, there's two PlayStation exclu- ex- exclusive games now owned by Microsoft. The waters are getting muddied, man. It's a muddy, yeah. muddy, muddy. And it's I mean it's interesting. Microsoft, it's fascinating. Sorry, to be fair, Microsoft are the kings of muddy water. Um, just to throw some Xbox news in here really quick. Did you see that more Xbox One X's have been sold on, on pre order day? Yeah, naming conventions, <laughs> man. Like seven hundred something because, percent on Amazon. Because someone, you know, thought they were getting the new the new the new good thing and it rocked up the following day and they went, hang on a minute. Yeah. That's, that's, that's poor naming conventions right there. Yeah. Um, but I think the big, the big takeaway is I, I highly doubt that these are all going exclusive. Yeah. Yeah. That's the next big thing. Cause the discussion, like what does this mean for PlayStation and the, you know, what we're seeing right now is like, you know, this Microsoft can win if they, if they make these exclusives. And I don't think they will because a, it's, it shits in the entire face of their, of their, their plans right now their plans is we don't care how you play it where you play it just play our stuff and they're like and it's all exclusive well i mean in saying that two of it like you mentioned before two of their studios are currently making ps5 exclusive games and on top of that apparently starfield was in talk to be a console exclusive as well before the sale happened and the rest of them are so far out that it's not going to help and like adding adding to that um it was mentioned by Pete Hines, I believe, or Phil Spencer, one of the two, that they're sort of working in autonomy. Like they, it's it's the same way that like Disney owns Marvel, but Marvel can't do whatever they want. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it's that same sort of setup here. It's like we just own you, but we'll pay you. They're just they're kind of just you know keeping the lights on. Yeah, I guess so. Then maybe they'll have some sort of control, but yeah, it's it's not it's not financially viable for them to do that at all. Yeah. 
And like, it's one of those things, like why make some money when you can make all the money, which is pretty much the the motto for video games industry. So they're like, well, <laughs> we can make the money with the games pass, but what if we then make you make them buy it on PlayStation as well? And you also get to stick it in them when they, a Microsoft Studios logo comes up on a Sony console. If anything, it's demonstrating how Microsoft are working in what, what will become the future of games where PlayStation are stuck in that archaic older model. Mm-hmm. I like that older model personally because it's what I'm used to, but Microsoft have a different game plan here. They have a different strategy and this is part of it. Yeah. Like, we, you know, we will, like Elder Scrolls 6 will 100% come to PlayStation. Will Starfield, will Fallout 5? Yeah, you'd presume so, right? Like, it, it would be, it would not be, you know, we, we'll see how this goes. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, Dash mentions Minecraft in the, in, no, Microsoft, I've misread. But Minecraft, the same thing. They own Minecraft. Minecraft's still being supported across other platforms, same as Minecraft Dungeons. Some brands are bigger than one console. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot to take on. But anyway, that's enough about Microsoft, man. It's 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 chaos times. Let us know what you think about this acquisition. It's just, it's it is weird, muddy ground. The the future of gaming is changing, um, and it's a situation of catch up or be lost potentially. You know. Well, now that we've now that we've talked Microsoft, let's talk some Sony news, right? Yeah. So earlier this week, a new patent has been found with yet another VR controller. So back in Feb, we had a similar patent that uh, that showed up. So in this late, latest patent, it looks like the design incorporates finger tracking on a central grip with an outer ring spo- uh, sporting a few sensors that the PSVR headset can track in order to accurately position your virtual hands. So they're, f- they're working on uh, finger tracking. That is awesome. Please, yeah. please let this patent come to fruition. <laughs> <laughs> the move controllers are garbage. But speaking of VR, though, you know what's one thing that's very interesting? I don't know whether you've, whether you've heard this, but they made a statement that if you want to use PlayStation VR, you need to use your old camera. The new camera isn't supporting old VR. Yeah. And, Which, they also said, and they also said you need an adapter to plug your old camera in. Yes. So if anything, I don't see this means that they're killing VR. I see this as they're, they're, getting, they're working on some like some quest level bullshit, you know what I mean? Where it's like, it don't need no cameras. That's their plan. That's how I see it going. Uh, Sony has also launched a new SIE themed blog page to accompany its existing PlayStation blog. Uh, the corporate website aims to provide readers with, quote, a view into the company behind PlayStation. Its first post explains, quote, we'll share the last, the latest in company news, stories about the people behind the products and the experiences you love, offer insights into the company, the culture, and more. Some of the features you can expect to read on the site include, quote, interviews with the teams behind some of our most popular games, how executives, studio heads, and creative directors see Sony Interactive Entertainment, and they'll also be insight into what Sony Interactive Entertainment provides to society with one post already focusing on the platform holders, quote, playing the planet, playing for the planet campaign, where they mentioned how the PlayStation 5 is so much more energy efficient than what the PlayStation 4 was. Uh, they, they well, even the PS3, that, like, to run the PS, like the big PS3 fat, the big bad boy that's behind my shoulder here, it was the equivalent of a fridge. 
Yeah, so they mentioned in the blog post that the PlayStation 5, to suspend, um, to put it in rest mode or suspend it and reboot it up, uh, takes as little as 0.5 kilowatts or 0.5 watts, which is 75% less than what the PlayStation 4 uses. Beautiful. Um, I do wonder whether they'll they'll uh, have the new games and like they have a revamped drop on this page because right now the old, the other Plutchin blog it's still July <laughs> apparently. And apparently, no new games have come to PlayStation since July. What's going on? Fix fix the drop. Maybe he's on holidays. Yeah. What's your th- lo- the, the guy's on long service leave. Give him a break. <laughs> <laughs> I look. I, I love the idea of showing more of the behind the scenes stuff. Once again, it's it's something that we've discussed in the past around. Uh, this n- corporations need to uh, uh, make themselves more human, make themselves yeah. more friendly. And by putting faces to these large, you know, massive corporations, it makes it, quote unquote, better for the consumer. You know, it, it, you know, it changes it's, the it's, perception for the consumer. This is obviously definitely not for everyone. Yeah, this is for us. Big dogs like us. <laughs> but it's nice to part the kimono every once in a while. Hot. Especially when you put it like that, that makes it sound super hot. Now, my son's just come into the room wearing two Spider-Man masks. One of one of Peter Parker around his feet, my dad, not on his face. One of Peter Parker and one of Miles Morales. Because we bought him two Spider-Man masks for some reason. Yeah, two Spider-Mans, buddy. All right, let's talk Spider-Man news. He literally did let's break in. Like, talk about timing. Like, like a- I don't play Spider-Man now. No, we can't play Spider-Man game. Daddy's doing a show. You need to go back out with mummy, please. I'm still, we're still going. Uh, Sony has confirmed that the upcoming Marvel Spider-Man remastered on PS5 will not be available as a free upgrade to those who own Marvel Spider-Man on the PS4. That's you and me, Max. The next-gen remaster features a load of upgrades, both graphical and technical, while also offering its own separate trophy list. It's basically being promoted as a brand new release, and as such, your save data from the original Marvel Spider-Man on PS4 will not carry over. If you do already own the game on PS4, you can still play it on PS5 due to backwards compatibility, but it will not feature any of the new bells or whistles. You cannot just buy the remaster standalone, however, it is only available as part of the as part of the Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales Ultimate Edition. However, you can upgrade to the PS5 version of Miles Morales for free if you buy the PS4 version. And if you do do that, you can pay for an Ultimate Edition upgrade, which gives you access to Spider-Man Remastered. Huh? So doing the math, I think it works out slightly cheaper to buy the game on PS4, get the free upgrade to PS5, and then pay for the upgrade to the Ultimate Edition to get Marvel Spider-Man Remastered. So I'm just doing the math in my head. <laughs> okay. It was like eight steps too many, but I like it. This is super weird. This is super, super weird. I also understand that like, you know, I, I, I'm in the I'm in the boat of we aren't, we as individuals, as players, as gamers, we are not entitled to free upgrades. That is a service that, that they, that they as a, as a company choose to offer, offer to us. If they don't want to, they don't have to. If they are putting work into upgrading it, then they should be paid for that work. Right? I agree. Yep. You know, and if they, uh, if they in good faith, as my, as my uh, camera freezes, um, if they want to have that stance where they can make it free, then good on them. But they are, they, it is not a requirement as everyone's claiming it to be. 
So mm. if there's a lot of work going into this expansion, sorry, into this remaster, then it might which, be worth which the money. It sounds like there is. If it, if it has an entirely new trophy list and... Not so. The trophy like list doesn't still- mean a whole lot. You, like you can get different true. trophy lists between Vita and PlayStation. You know what I mean? Uh, PS4, sorry. Yeah, There's yeah, no... True. But it, yeah, it comes down to... I think once we get closer to the launch and we, we might see what the disparity is between them and like this is mm. it, this is how it's improved. It's better visuals. It runs smoother. This is it. There's a whole extra missions. There's you know extra campaign. Like if they do any of that stuff, then sure. Like I loved Marvel Spider Man. I think the main the main voices the, the the main voices that are that are crying out about this is the if we buy the PS version of Miles Morales and you can upgrade that to PS5, why can't you upgrade what we already have for Marvel Spider Man? Because it's the same game across both of them. Where this is clearly, but from what it, from what they're saying, it's a different yes. version of the game. Yeah, but that same argument could be said for control and their inability to do it. Then they suddenly were able to do it. But but then the other argument is if you can buy, if you can pay, uh, it, it doesn't matter. It, it's it's, it's confusing. It's just a, it's just, yeah, purchasing the upgrade and 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 uh, whatnot. Yeah. So like, why can't you buy the upgrade then? Like, why can't I just, yeah. like, if I don't want to buy Miles Morales, but I just want to pay for the upgrade for PS4 to PS5 yeah. for Spider-Man. Like, that I'm okay with. But that's like, no, not that. Well, we can do it, but there's an other step. You have to check this box before you can check that box. Like, I, I don't, I, I don't I, know. And I think, I think we're going to see this for quite some time because obviously there's like 20 plus million PS4 consoles out there. They're not uh, there's a hundred and hundred five million. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> there's there's so many PS4 PS4 consoles out there. They're not just going to be like, all right, guys, PS5's out, no more. They've yeah. got, they've got such a large community. They're not going to cut cut them out. And in so the world the way, of, sorry, in the world the way gonna, it is right now, they need to support that audience because not everyone's able to buy a PS5. Yeah. So, you know. So we're we're probably going to see over the next couple of years a lot of games that where there's this weird situation where there's you can buy it on PS4 and upgrade it to PS5 for free, or you can buy it on PS4 but you have to pay to upgrade it to PS5, or some games will have a PS5 version that must be bought and a PS4 version, but you're going to be able to buy the PS4 version cheaper and still play it on the PlayStation 5, but without all the belt. It's gonna be it's gonna be complicated and it's gonna be confusing. And the the people need to make sure that they are very clear on what it is you're getting inside each box or each digital version of each game that yeah. you're going to be buying, because otherwise there's going to be a lot of very angry people. Because I I got I got super confused with the Call of Duty yeah. things that are going on because, uh, and and I think it's even worse for Xbox because they're not doing disc upgrades, whereas. PlayStation will, will upgrade your PS4 disc version to a digital PS5 version, but you still have to have the disc is a DRM. Yeah, the disc, the disc, the disc is yeah, uh, basically checking that um, to make sure it, it's going to be complicated. And as yeah. long as their messaging is clear, but and that's concise, the biggest issue. My point has been <laughs> the biggest issue is the messaging is garbage. The, and the reason yeah. being is because no company will just say no, we can't do that. Like so, mm. what they do is they word it in, in obscure ways to in, to intentionally confuse you. Like rather than just saying, "Look, you just got to buy the PS5 version," all right? We've made mm. the decision as a business. That's what it is because they are so 
and, and you know, there because of this this uh, outcry on social media around every decision that companies make, they they they're never straightforward. Like no company will ever come out and say I fucked up. Or they'll come, the- or they'll go another way and be like, this is the decision we made and we're going to stick to it. So instead, they'll pussyfoot around it like this and they'll say, well, you can, but you got to do this and this and this and this and this. They could just say, no, you can't. You got to buy it. Um, I'd like to, I'd like to change the the topic a little bit. Just, just referencing something you said about companies not coming out and saying they fucked up uh, earlier after the whole. I don't know if we covered this last week. We didn't. Um, but. But Sony came out and said we fucked up with the pre-orders. We're really well, they sorry. They didn't and we're really to- like they apologized so- for how it went down. They like I didn't yeah. read it as them taking accountability. I read them no. as them going, "We're sorry that this happened." Yeah, and they 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 did say that they are going to try and attempt to fix the issue. Yeah, and it is very uncharacteristic of Sony. So yeah, no, I I, I do appreciate it, it, that personally. You know, yeah. Sorry to cut you off. On no, your no, but you asked what I'm like. Good, like that is one of the things to, is like mention. You know, it's it's just like. Like Control, as an example. They're like, oh, it's because we can't do it. And then they clearly demonstrate that they can like three days later. That's the biggest hurt. That's the biggest problem is rather than but just it- saying no, they they try to fill it with like they're adding excuses and lies and shit on top. I and mean, and as, be- as, as as Dave says in the chat, it's, it's it, this thing seems shady because it's so convoluted. Your brain goes, this is shady. I think at the end it of could the day- be super straightforward, but it... <laughs> Yeah, Might everyone's just going to realize that we're not really entitled to a free upgrade yeah. and they are a business and they're here to make money. Yeah. So if they can resell you the same thing, they, they're going to do it. But like, granted, they're not selling you the same thing. It's It, it will be different. This is one of those things. Like as as this, this idea of, of backwards compatibility is becoming a thing in these games that are cross-generation, which if you think back to how it was done in the past, was never an issue because they just clean cut that shit. You know what I mean? And like, yes, it's really nice that you can play your old games on your new console, but it's a situation of like, well, why would you? Why don't you play the new games? Mm. You know what I mean? And and it also goes back to my previous points I've mentioned on previous episodes around the idea is I don't understand why gaming has this in, this weird entitlement sort of this uh, backwards around like give us free shit because we deserve it. Like, no, you don't. It's not how businesses work, man. Businesses make money and they make money by selling you stuff. That's the entire company. That's the entire platform that the gaming is built upon. Right. So then they, so because they can't, because there's been this situation has been created where people feel that they, that they should get shit for free. That's where we get things like, oh, there are no deal. There is no paid DLC. It's microtransactions instead. You know what I mean? Like they have to, they're compromising in other ways and it's just hurting you in a different space. Mm. You know what I mean? Because, because you're arguing this one point, they're going to hurt you somewhere else. That's business. Yeah. Business is shit. Like I'm not saying the Sony's doing that. I'm just saying that's, that's part of it, you know. Yeah. You know what I mean. It's 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 a hot mess. Um, and the other the other issue is yeah, Dave says it's one, it's it's one rule for one title and another rule for a different, and that is the problem because there is no uniform rule. If the uniform rule was no, then that'd be better, and then you have yeah. to pay. Everyone's like, oh, what do you mean I have to actually pay for things? Like, yeah, that's how it works. You pay for things. <sighs> There is something that you don't have to pay for at the moment, right? What's that? So, I believe tomorrow, as as time of recording, is the newly named Last of Us Day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I believe it used to be called Outbreak Day. Outbreak but they, Day. <laughs> uh, but they understandably, when you're in a fucking pandemic, 
Outbreak Day, not the best name. Uh, so the occasion brings with it a variety of purchases. And now I know I, I know I said there was something free, and there it is. <laughs> uh, it comes with a variety of purchases and activities to participate in, uh, and also comes with a free PlayStation Four theme. Uh, there are also discounts on the games themselves throughout the, uh, through to a lovely statue, and there's even some cosplay guides for those who want who wish to dress as Abby. So it has a lot. Naughty Dog has teased uh, it will also have more surprises for the day itself. Hopefully, we get some multiplayer info. That's what I would like That's to see. That's what we'd Naughty like Dog. to see. I would really love to be like, I'd like to wake up tomorrow on, on uh, the last of us day, formerly known as Outbreak Day, and be like, they're dropping multiplayer on it. You know what I'm, ba- you know what I'm really baffled by, Max? <laughs> this is all. This is good news. This is 100% good news. For those that love that love The Last of Us and still you know care about the franchise, it's win. It's more for you. Speaking of, by the way. My uh, my Joel Pop arrived today. I, don't, I hate Pop vinyls except the ones that I buy. So I I now have uh, Joel and Ali. They look great together on my little shelf. But uh, what's been fascinating actually is uh, the comments, as you would imagine, because comments are always the worst um, around uh, around this whole outbreak. Uh, the, nope, last of us day. Um, this game came out months ago, and people are still mad about it. Apparently, Max, people are still mad. Like, uh, did this game punch them in their sleep? Like, what did this game do to them? So, yeah, uh, people are just the worst sometimes. Um, but a- as part of these celebrations, the original soundtrack of the latest game is heading to vinyl uh, from Mondo, as well as two new posters inspired by The Last of Us Part Two. Uh, these will all be revealed and made available for pre-order uh, as of tomorrow at, at the Mondo shop. And Naughty Dog has also confirmed that there is a board game in the works based on its IP, coming from the same folks who did the games for Bloodborne and God of War. Does this tickle your fancy? Because it tickled my fancy. Yeah! Uh, the board game, mad. That means I can paint more minis. Win. I'm in. Um, the vinyl, I love, because I'm, I'm a bit of a vinyl collector here and there, if ones that catch my attention. And I have the first and left behinds vinyl. Um, and I'd love for Last of Us Part Two to add to the collection. So, hell yeah. Yeah, give me that. When's that coming? Give me Tell me. Uh, you can pray pre- tomorrow. Oh, I like tomorrow. Tomorrow's cool. There's, e- there's even a link in our notes. <laughs> uh, next up, they're releasing more premium statues, but are uh, purchasable, uh, purchasable through gaming heads. Uh, there's three different versions, each standing at 16 inches and featuring Ali holding different weapons in various poses. Uh, there's also... Uh, they're also Naughty Dog are also hosting a photo mode contest from the 9th of October through till the 29th quote that's why we'll be kicking off a brand new last of us part two photo contest for the month of october each week we'll select winners that will receive a coveted alley edition and runners up that will earn the last of us part two limited edition dualshock 4 wow so looking at the notes here you skip straight over this for some reason like so the collectible companies put together a statue that takes takes fans back the original game as joel and ali form a to create a unified statue and it looked just like they did in the original i that made my heart flutter actually i might buy have to buy that statue because like i do have one coming i bought the 99 dollars one from eb games with ali Mm -hmm. holding the bow or whatever and it's taken nine years to get here but it'll get here eventually apparently apparently (laughs) next week um you know, it's just taking a, you know about as long as the outbreak in general. Yeah. But um, I want that statue because like, I I want because I I was a dickhead at the time and I didn't buy the collector's edition for Last of Us Part One. 
So I didn't realize I'd love it until like years later. And I want it, but it's like 700 bucks to buy that statue. So I can just get this instead. All right, sweet. Win. Next minute it comes out at 700 bucks. I'd be like, God damn it, I can't do that. My wife will yell at me. (laughs) Well, I guess for those interested, um, if you're not listening live, it happened two days ago. Cool. Go check it out. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully you stuff. know, it's cool. And hopefully I've got some pre-orders in. That'd be mad. Mm. Um, how, what's, like, what are you thinking about this, Max? Like, I'm personally pretty excited. It's good. I like Last of Us. It's always cool to promote stuff. I, I think it's great for all those people who missed out on, like you said, you know, you missed the first collector's edition. This is a way to, to get back what you missed out on to begin with uh the photo mode contest is really cool you know it it entices people to get back into your game and play it uh as for the vinyls vinyls are always cool yeah uh more collectibles are always cool you know free playstation themes awesome i really just want i'm really hoping that the the teased surprise that they have is is multiplayer info i'd I'd really like an excuse to dive back into that game and i don't i don't think i'm ready to replay this story yeah no i i tried to run it again and i couldn't it was it was just too heavy (laughs) i maybe could maybe i'm like i'm less depressed now maybe i could play it but we'll see how i go you know everything i started i started playing it again to go back for the plat where i was just skipping cutscenes because i'd already done it yeah and even then it was still a real (laughs) yeah Yeah, i love that like so prior to the whole people everyone poo-pooing on um on last of us part two like the whole community around the last of us has always been massive and fun and awesome um mm. so it's a real shame that a it's kind of gone the other way but it's, i'm glad they're still existing and they're still supporting that community because there are people that if anything may love the game more might love the franchise more now you know i have you know i i'm a big old dork and i i, I love last of us part two there's certainly problems with it, but I thought it was, I still really, really enjoyed it. Um, so to have all these extra things that can come around it, hell yeah. You know, I'm, a, you know, both you and I are PlayStation dorks, man. Like this is, this is PlayStation's bread and butter. This is Last of Us. This is huge. Yeah, man. I'm in. I'm not even mad. Not even mad at all. Give it to me. Something that I want, I want you to give it to me, Max. Give it to me, Max. Big and also just conferences that it may have just happened. Uh, Resident Evil Village, as I said, I've been playing Resident Evil 4 this week because of the inspiration of a village. Uh, Capcom has announced its Tokyo Game Show 2020 live stream that it's trying to bring Resident Evil Village to PS4 as well as the already announced PS5. The Japanese publisher stopped short of officially confirming the port as it is only looking into the possibility of it right now. The, f- the full quote reads as follows. Now, I presume this is translated. With re- when Resident Evil Village is being developed specifically for the next generation of consoles and PC, we're looking into delivering the experience on the PS4 and the Xbox One as well. We're looking into it, but we can't make any promises. However, we will do our best creating a top-tier experience on current generation consoles. I like this. Aim forward, support back. It's interesting. I I, I love this. It's interesting because Microsoft has always been, if it's playable on one, it has to be playable on all. So I wonder how Capcom are getting around that if they're like, we're not sure if this is going to work on the Xbox One. You yeah, can definitely play it on the series models. But once again, if you looked at their showcase from earlier in the year, there were ones that was like Xbox, you know, series Xbox Series X, you know, Xbox One X, Xbox One S, and then some of them didn't have the One S, which clearly <laughs> provide like showed that like that original statement 
is already yeah. poo-pooed before they even before the consoles are out yet. So I think it's gonna might be part of it because as developers as they start making more games, like that's not enough, you know. Even like right now, like I can't get mad that games don't work on my PC. I have an I I have a GTX nine seventy. They just announced the thirty series. My card's so fucking old, I can't expect it to run games well anymore. <laughs> uh, news to come out of that conference, the, the, the TGS, the Tokyo Game Show. Uh, during the, the the live stream presentation, members of the development team shared their perspective on the on the two main characters for the upcoming game, Rebel Village. Uh, Ethan Winters and the... Uh, oh, oh, what? Oh, and the, the village itself. I, it's brain fart. I know that word, but I couldn't put it together um and saying that the game will, will have more of a focus on exploration than resident evil 7 Resident evil 7 was pretty linear which i also really enjoyed and a lot of backtracking a lot of, a lot of metroidvania in it mm. uh resident evil village takes place in an in an as yet uh, unnamed location and one that the presentation described as quote the other protagonist of the game makes sense if your game's about a village you want the village to be showcased uh director mori masasato said quote when you take the word village people picture a small place but when you look at a village it has a colossal distant feel to it end quote he emphasized the importance of making a of a place players could explore yeah mint i love it he also adds you have a lot more freedom in village than in resident evil 7 we want players to experiment to figure out what works for them. He then described the upcoming game as a horror movie that you can play. Yes. I love the fact that they're referring to the village itself as a character of the game. That's awesome. Like, do I expect to fight the village? Oh my God. I hope I can fight the village. Do I want the village to like stand up and walk around? Just comes out of the ground. It's got big zombie arms and legs. (laughs) (laughs) Mad. This game's going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, Capcom have just been delivering banger after banger for quite some time now. And I have all the faith that this is just going to continue that streak. I'm unapologetically fucking moist for Resident Evil 8, (laughs) man. Like, (laughs) <laughs> there, like there is a dampness, there is a humidity in this room for Resident Evil Eight for me. Um, so all this is just good news to me, man. Like, granted, it does sound a little bit cliche because I think the I think the same argument was set around uh, Batman: Arkham City. Like, the other character is the city. Like, it's just they're essentially implying that there's importance around the location, and that's fine because that's what you want. When it yeah, so when it's called Resident Evil Village, I want to give a shit about the village. If it was just called Resident Evil Bumfuck, and then I'm like, well, I don't care. <laughs> Actually, Resident Evil Bumfuck, very different game. Don't play that game. <laughs> but uh, maybe you could play that game. Maybe if that's your thing. Like, maybe you want to play that game. You know, fuck it. I want to play that game now. I've decided. Uh, that game is up my, is in my wheelhouse. Unapolo- unapologetically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unapologetically moist for Resident Evil Bumfuck. But no, like, I, I'm, I'm stoked. I mean, I... I I was worried that doing the TGS, like, they would say nothing, which they kind of did, but it's still more hype for me. Yeah. Cracking on. (laughs) Uh, We have some Crash news. So with the release of Crash just around the corner, I believe it comes out the 2nd of October. It does. Demo demo being out for those who have pre-ordered digitally. They, uh, They announced some multiplayer modes. 
Ooh. So there's two there two there is two competitive modes for up to four player local multiplayer have been revealed, titled the Bandicoot Battle. So playing as Crash, Coco, Fake Crash, and Fake Coco, you can gather some buddies to play either the checkpoint race or the crate combo. The checkpoint race, very self-explanatory. You and your competitors race uh, race each other to the end of a level. There are numerous checkpoint boxes to smash along the way. The player who gets the most checkpoints first wins overall. Like in time trials, there are time freezing crates that can also be smashed to pause your timer. In crate combo, each player, uh, the aim is to break as many crates in a level as possible. Each crate destroyed increases the points value of the next crate, but the combo can reset if your meter runs dry. Uh, meanwhile, the co-op mode is apparently named Parson Play, which is great, sticking to their themes of... Of the un. Uh, of the un. Uh, so once again, four local players can take turns getting through a single through the single player stages, passing the controller every time you die. Ah, that's awesome! I did that as a kid anyway with my sister. Yeah, they're just now making it a mode, I Rad. guess. Rad. Um, cool. I, you know, I love couch co-op games. Yeah, you couch love multiplayer, multiplayer way more is, than I do. So there is just, I mean, in this day and age, there's not much couch co-op or couch multiplayer games. It's very much online only. And it's cool that they're doing that. This is something that I can see myself playing in my life. So this is something I cannot see myself playing. Maybe with my kid, like maybe as he gets a little bit older, I might, might go mm. back. But like realistically, I'm like, it's not, <laughs> it's not for me. Like, but multiplayer isn't my thing. I'm a very single, you know, player. Like I, I play yeah. a lot of campaigns and a lot of self-focused things. Like there are some multiplayer that I dive into and Crash is not going to be one of them. I do apologize. Speaking of really good single-player games, though. I've lost it. There it is. Metal Gear Solid, Max. It may be getting remade. (laughs) I've titled this section The Rumor Mill. (laughs) Please take all of this with a grain of salt. (laughs) It may be remade, and it it may be coming to PS5. And you also put PC. We should also mention it did Shadow Drop yesterday on GOG. Uh, you can now play the original one, two, and the original Metal Gear uh, all on uh, all on there. Not a remake, just straight up ports. Mm. But there you go. So he's already on PC. Surprise. Uh, so this is according to the YouTube channel Red Gaming Tech, uh, which has been known to provide some accurate leaks in the past, although they specialize in hardware information rather than software. Apparently, this source, uh, the same source that told Reddit Gaming Tech about the Metal Gear Solid remake, also claims that the long rumored Bloodborne remaster is absolutely real and that it too is coming to PS5 and PC. It's allegedly, quote, quite far along in development, end quote, and it will come with additional content. As you may know, Bloodborne has quite a lot of cut content, stuff that was removed from the game during development. If the remaster really does exist, it sounds like it could restore some of these unused assets. Because many people have gone into the back end of uh, Bloodborne and just seen crazy amount of creatures and bosses that just never saw the Mm. light of day. Max, Metal Gear first, then Bloodborne. What's your thoughts? I have never played the original Metal Gear Solid game. And this, I hope it's true because I would love to play it. I, I kicked off my Metal Gear Solid um, career with Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty. This is my favorite of the Metal Gear Solid series. I've played all of them since. 
Um, but yeah, number two is my was my diving in point. I never never got to play the OG. I've been told that it's a masterpiece. It's a brilliant game. It's absolutely <laughs> a brilliant game. Like the the only downside with it is here I am holding my Solid Snake action figure with my copy of Metal Gear Solid uh, on PS One. Um, I love Metal Gear as a franchise. I think it's brilliant. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Um, the only issue, once again, very similar to Resident Evil Four, uh, 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 Metal Gear Solid handles like bum. Um, so it is something that is a hundred percent needing a remaster because the game is literally worth it. It is worth the time. It is worth the money. It is a hundred percent worth the investment. And as we know, it was rumored, uh, alongside Demon Souls. Can I put this back in without looking? Let's see. Let's see. Nailed it. Um, yeah, so it was long rumored with Bluepoint that they were working on Demon Souls and or, um, this uh, Metal, Metal Gear Solid remake. I'm in. Please give it to me. The game is amazing. And if it's a game that people cannot miss because it is not available anywhere. Now it's available on PC, I guess. That's pretty cool in terms of its port, but it's lost. It is lost on the PS1. Even, uh, you know, like uh, 2 and 3, you can play on games uh, on, on Xbox with backwards compatibility. You can't play 4. 4 is trapped on the PS3. Didn't, didn't, didn't 2 and 3 get like a remastered collection that you can... Yeah, it's on PS3. Like, yep. Yeah, and, but uh, even then, like, they are still trapped on, on, on a previous console. Mm. So this needs it. It God damn it needs it because the game is so, so good, but it just handles really old. It's tough. Uh, Bloodborne, sure. Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not even mad about it because I'm like, yeah, I'll play it again. Let's talk some quick bits, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, Nia Replicant got an April 2021 release date on PlayStation 4, but no word on a PlayStation 5 release at Tokyo Game Show. Uh, you you liked Nia uh, or uh, So Nia Replicant Automata? never... Yeah, uh, yes, I did. So Nia Replicant never saw the light of day in Western in Western uh, countries. But so this Nier is, 1 did, though. What's the difference? Nier, Nier 1 did. So this Nier Replicant, I believe, is a separate story where you play as a completely different character to the first game. Okay. So I would love to, I would love to play this. Because the, aren't they remastering Nier 1 and this is part of it? I don't know. Um, I also know that they are releasing a, a phone game. Yeah, because there's like near remaster one point oh oh six eight four two into the power of seven or something. You know, it's like really, really stupid long. <laughs> I don't, I don't care enough uh, about the franchise personally, but I'm a bit more, yeah, a bit, so more a bit more for you than me anyway. It's uh, yeah, interesting that they've gone for a PS4 release and no no word on if it's coming to PS5. Uh, Neo two, the darkness in the capital DLC has been confirmed for the fifteenth of October. A tweet earlier this week sent from, quote, Twitter for, from Sony PlayStation 5 went viral this week. Man, uh, that's happened but before. It's, I, I, but, look. It's, but it's super easy to send tweets from other things. I believe I've sent a tweet from a toaster before. Nice. There's, there's third-party programs that just... Oh, oh, so you, as in you mean it said tweet tweet sent from... You, so, so you know when you send a tweet from an iPhone, it says... Tw- uh, sent from sent iPhone. By, sent from iPhone. This said sent from Sony PlayStation 5. Oh, <laughs> oh, I thought it was a tweet of like someone no, 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 it, of an account named Sony PlayStation no, Five no, TM no, because was, I've been was, done was, by shitty fucking <laughs> shitty Twitter handles, man. I'll, no, I'll, this is this is the this is the message. Never allowed to forget it. It says it's been sent from Sony PlayStation Five TM. Mad. 
Mm. Uh, the big in Japan sale has back on the PlayStation Store. Yeah, do you, do you, are you excited? It did a little bit, but I turns out I own all the games that oh. I would want to buy already. The only one that, like you said, uh, the re- some, there's some resis in there, which is exciting. Uh, uh, resis in there, Personas are in there. Yeah, Personas. Some of the final, old Final Fantasy games are there. As much as I like Poop and I'm um, Dash and he's love Persona, Persona is good. Go, go <laughs> buy it, go play it. Um, um, the no- uh, yeah, yeah, like uh, uh, the only one that I'm tempted on buying is Fire Pro Wrestling. But like, it's a lot of New Japan wrestlers in there, and I don't really know them that well, so I, I decided against it. Uh, the No Man's Sky's Origins update is available now. How are they still supporting this game? Shout out, like, true, true redemption story coming out of Hello Games. Like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, No Man's Sky was one of the first games that I reviewed. Like since we started working in press, that that was like five years ago, and they're still <laughs> supporting it. We're absolute champions. Uh, Minecraft on PS4 now has PlayStation VR support. Yay! But apparently not not motion control. It's no just motion like, controllers. Yeah. It's just yeah. And um, for you, Ryan, Maneater is heading to the PlayStation Five with a free upgrade to PS4 owners. Yay! I'm not going to play it there. Either. I'm not going to go back to it. But uh, that's cool for those that want to play a shark. <laughs> Shark BG. Um, cool. Oh, now, so last week we didn't, we weren't able to get the top 10 best selling games, uh, simply because, uh, what they didn't, they get, they got it up, they didn't get up to a little bit later. I think it was a bit of chaos in terms of the, of the, of the numbers. Um, uh, but surprisingly, Tony Hawk Pro Skater won, won last week with the mm. most, in beating Madden and, uh, NBA 2K. NBA 2K. So let's have a look at the top 10, uh, top 10 best selling PS4 games for the week ending the 20th of September. Number 10, Red Dead Redemption 2. That game was on sale this week as well. Um, yes. I almost put that back, but I said I'd play Resident Evil instead. Uh, PGA Tour 2K21. I got a 16 under par this week. Boom. That game's awesome. Uh, number 8, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Number 7, FIFA 2020. Uh, number 6, WWE 2K Battlegrounds, because everyone got suckered. Um, number five, Ghost of Tsushima. Number four, Grand Theft Auto Five. Number three, Marvel's Avengers, still doing very well. Number two, NBA 2K21. And number one, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. Yeah, Tony Hawk's. Yeah, man. Tony Hawk's getting the loving. Like, I, because you and I were positive the NBA would come out the victor again. And where's Madden, might I add? Uh, didn't. Didn't Madden launch real rough on everyone like super angry with Madden? I imagine so. But the point of making like the two one of the biggest games to drop of the year is Madden and NBA, and NBA is obviously number two. Makes sense. Still not number one. <laughs> so how many copies of Tony Hawker in the world? Holy shit! Three and four is coming, Max. On sales alone, there is no reason why it shouldn't come. Good, because I've been playing. Tony Hawk's three on my PlayStation two. <laughs> <laughs> but Mac, this this show has gone long. Yeah, it has. We did our main topic early on, so let's wrap this bad boy up. Let's get into the games that are coming out this week in a section we call coming oh to the players. Nothing. Nothing. Probably nothing. There's no drop. <laughs> yeah, I'll do the I'll, let me check the drop. You check the drop and I'll just pull up. VG24. We'll go to good old VG247 coming through with the goods because the now drop is still garbage. What date is June it? 19th, 2020 was the last time that the drop got updated. So there is two games dropping this week. 
according to VG247. They're both dropping on the same day. We have Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time, October 2, and Star Wars Squadron. Oh, what a big week. EA and Activision going head and head. Nostalgia versus nostalgia. Now Squadron. Squadron looks mad. Yeah, it does. It does. It looks mad. And that and Crash Bandicoot looks mad. Mm. God damn it. I'm only going to get one this week. What, what do I get, Max? What do I get? I, I know which one I'm getting, and it'll be Crash Bandicoot. Okay. But, but you're pretty hyped for the Squadrons. Yeah. I, I'll... I can. I'll tell you about it off. Okay? I was gonna say. Can you talk about it? Yet? No, no. No. All right. Cool. Because do about something unrelated. Unrelated to squadrons. Go away. All right. Let's yeah. send this bad boy home. All right, everyone. This PlayStation conversation happens every Monday morning at eight AM on podcast services, including Spotify, and nine AM on those YouTubes. If you'd like to take part in future conversations, please check out our socials: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. All our links in the description below. If you want to join the conversation as it happens, head over to twitch.tv slash podcast where you can watch us record this show live. You can jump in the chat. You can become part of the show. Uh, if you want to support the show, you can. You can tell your friends. You can tell your family about this PlayStation pod. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, be sure to give us a five-star rating and a written review if they support it. Uh, if you want to support us financially, oh, sorry, oh, sorry, if you want to support us on YouTube, watching on the videos, be sure to give us a like, a subscribe, ring that notification bell, and leave a comment. I will endeavor to answer every single comment that gets posted. We'd love to hear from you all. Uh, if you want to support us financially, you can at patreon.com slash thepopcultures, as well as our merchandise store, popcultures.com slash shop, where you can buy shirts and other assorted shit without logos on it. And of course, you can follow both Max and myself on Twitter as well. Our Twitter handles are below our faces. You know, you come there. Max is new to the Twitter game. You can watch me talk about wrestling or follow my weight loss journey if you like. Come check us out on there. We don't. We, we never really promote our own socials enough. But yeah, come check us out. We're always up for chats on the socials. I don't know, I, I enjoy Twitter. I've really grown on Twitter. Yeah, I'm starting to. I'm starting to enjoy it as well. Yeah. But until next week, I'm Ryan Betson. I'm Max Cooper. And that was for the players. Do you think if someone was to buy out, like if, if we were bought out in the same way that Zenimax was, how much do you think we would go for? <laughs> Anything. I'm cheap. Just make an offer. <laughs> so I'll give, I'll give you 11 bucks. I'm like, fuck, 11? I'm in. For the players, the Pop Culturist PlayStation Podcast is fan-supported at patreon.com slash thepopculturist. And we'd like to thank our Patreon producers and our Patreon founders for their kindness, their support, and their generosity. Our Patreon founders, Alpha Ferret, Craig O'Flaherty, David Chataway, Jesse Stevenson, and Jacob Garner. And our Patreon producers, Damien Holdies, Lee Winterchauvin, Sean Levitt, and Solomon Barak.